Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug. Guys, in this episode, I get the chance to speak with Tracy Hansen. She is the person behind the Matrix of a Learner. And in case you don't know what that is, this is a, a philosophy, really, of living. But we have a conversation today in terms of education. And why this is so important to me is... As some of you know, I have launched a, a new kind of project to get classrooms to begin to work together called Making a Difference. And the goal is to create hands-on learning STEM makerspace activities and projects with the end result of learning how to give back and making a difference in the lives of other people. And through a, a very special way um, that was not planned, I came across Tracy's work, and we have really, really had some powerful amazing conversations behind the scenes and so I wanted to bring her onto the podcast to explain the matrix of a learner and share with you as you're going to hear at the end of the podcast some ways in which we're working together ways for you to get involved so I hope you take some time to listen to this podcast it's so good make sure you check the links make sure in the podcast she's going to talk about the matrix of a learner and in the show notes I have links to her website. I also have links to the Making a Difference in case you want to get involved and get your classroom involved. We're already on, on the second uh, monthly maker project. Just having some fun getting getting our skills developed with making before we start to go global. And you'll also see a link to where Tracy is going to allow your students to send her questions via Flipgrid so we can gain a better understanding of the work and her travels that she's had around the world. As always, guys, I appreciate any feedback you can give. And so if you like this podcast and you like the episode, here's what I ask. I know a lot of you aren't going to leave reviews. I know I haven't left too many reviews. What I would love is if you would just screenshot the podcast and share it out on social media. Let people know what you like. Let people know um, what you're learning from it and share it that way. Because I really do want the, the stories to get out as we continue to dive in and speak with so many amazing educators and people from around the world. I want their story and message to be heard. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode, learning the matrix of a learner, understanding the new project launch of Making a Difference. And in the end, as we talk about in this podcast, we're no longer learning to take a test. We're learning to give back. Enjoy. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, born insane. Listening to coffee chugs like happy for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug and I am here again with another outstanding guest on the Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast and and this person here truly is a definition of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. Um, she is doing some remarkable work, not just her but lots of colleagues literally around the world. Um, I know a lot of people talk about that but but her her feet have have walked the lands all over the place and so she's not just talking about it she's actually walking the walk um to make this stuff happen so i'm i'm really excited i've had tons of great conversations with her behind the scenes and i'm, I'm and i'm really jazzed to get more of you aware of of some of this work that's happening because there can be some huge opportunities for students and and you as educators and even if you're a parent or whoever is coming across the podcast to really start to think about um what are we doing with ourselves? What are we doing with our education? What are we doing with our own kind of viewpoints of life? And so um, 
I could go on and on and on, but really we want to get 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 the voice here of of uh, our amazing guest. So Tracy, why don't we start off and why don't you introduce who you are and uh, what you do? <laughs> well, thank you. You know, you did a, a nice job <laughs> of doing it for me. Um, I never really think about what I'm doing in those kinds of terms, which is interesting to have somebody else's perspective. My name is Tracy Hansen. Uh, I began in the field of education about 40 years ago as a third career, having gone through uh, nursing and theater before I went into education. And from the start, um, my, my vision for what learning should be was to learn more about who we were and the environment we lived in and the opportunities that we have within that environment. And I taught in a rural community in Vermont. And back in those days, we didn't have, everything wasn't focused on tests and assessments. We used uh, sort of a, a check record. So if I saw a child doing something, I could go to the record and date it and say, yes, he's doing, you know, and that would be how we knew a child was progressing. It didn't have anything to do with their ages, but when they showed they did something, we checked it off. Um, and my, my classroom was the community. We went out at least once uh, every week or two weeks, we would go to some kind of community resource. You know, the typical field trips to the fire station, you know, and the police office, station, post office, we did those. But we also went into a bakery and we learned how bread was made and what happens in the chemical reaction when bread is made. Okay, and we went to a veterinarian and those that were able to actually helped her perform surgery. You know, I, I mean, we, we really explored. Another place we went to, which was a, a huge plant, we walked into the beginning of the plant, and by the time we came out of the plant, every student in the class had at least one family member with them so that they began to understand what their family did or what their father or their aunt, what jobs they did, what, <clears throat> what kind of skills they need to have to do those things, what kind of knowledge did they need. And they went back and we'd go back and we'd begin to study and learn from that experience the math that was behind it and the science behind it. And we read about it, we wrote about it, and the end result was that the class developed a book. And from that book, um, they, each one, uh, told a little bit about their experience, why they thought this was a good job for them or not a good job for them, and what kinds of skills would they need and want to study if they wanted to go into it. And they had pictures and all that. We put the books together and we went back and we gave a book back to the place that we visited. We also put a book in the school library and the students each took a book home. So by the end of the year, they had probably about 40 books about the community that they had written themselves. And when it came time to do at the end of the year those Iowa basic skills tests, because we did have those back then, yeah. they, they, all, they all did fine. But I didn't teach them any kind of curriculum. Curriculum came out of them and out of the community. 
<clears throat> now, this was a multi-grade class that I worked with. First, second, third grade. Mm. Six, seven, eight-year-olds were doing this. They won the Abutsman Award in Vermont for the work that they ended up doing with um, uh, an elder home with seniors. Uh, they helped save the school budget one year by interviewing everybody in the school and showing why it was that the public needed to support the school in their budget. I mean, those were the kind, and they developed and they started to develop a yearbook. Mm. Okay. Those were all the kinds of things that we were doing. And then, and then things started to change. Suddenly, the school board came and said, learning doesn't happen when you're not in the classroom. And so being able to take them out on the field trips was no longer allowed. I was just going to say, you, you talk about field trips, and if you're a brand new teacher, you probably don't even know what that is because it just doesn't exist anymore uh, for, so, for so many schools, unfortunately. So then I started trying to bring community into us. Okay. That worked for a short time. But then we started getting all of the, the tensions about, oh, my God, somebody's coming into the school. Are the kids safe? Is this happening? Is that happening? You know, and so that began to diminish. And, and basically, we got forced into having to use a scripted text, which wasn't matching the kids that were in the learning system. And when I began teaching, um, quote, my way, I never had behavior problems never had a behavior issue. I left 15 years later because I had nothing but behavior issues. Mm. No? Now, having gone through that experience, it's pretty obvious that what was happening was I was disengaging the children in their interest in learning. And, and because of that, I was frustrating them because they weren't being successful. And for me, learning was about also being successful and using that knowledge to make things better. And so I finally left after 15 years. And uh, from then I, I, I did a number of things. I worked as a teacher for the uh, medically fragile, men mentally handicapped child, which was way different, as you can well imagine. Right. Um, and when I first started there, it was like, what am I even doing here? How am I supposed to, quote, teach these kids anything? But they taught me that actually all I need to do was to offer them an environment and experiences for them to be able to explore and that they would be able to show me learning. Now, they couldn't, many of them couldn't speak, many of them couldn't see, they're fed with G-tubes. Of all of the kids that I worked with then, I don't think any of them are still alive now. Mm. You know. So, um, that was, that was an, a whole other experience, too, and I've worked um, with birth to three kids. Uh, you know. So, on all the way along, I kept, I'm in this, this dissonance of saying, what I think is right for how we should be learning and and what is happening it, it, it just isn't it isn't meshing right and so um i and i started a private school here and was unable to find any kind of curriculum that i could use i looked at all kinds of curriculum and i was then at um a conference an ionoco conference that's uh 
international, uh, see, North American Online Association for Learning, I think it was. And I met, uh, had known him, but I met Tom Van, Van Arken, who is now quite a, a leader in, in the field of education. And I, and I expressed my concern. And he said, well, then why try to buy something? Why don't you just develop it yourself? And that led me on the direction of, well, what does that look like? Hmm. Well, what really is learning and education? Yeah. And and, and is it really about uh, students in a school? You know, so it just started started um, all kinds of percolating, all kinds of questions. And after a number of years, I finally ended up developing uh, my picture of learning called the Matrix of a Learner. Now, when I first first d developed it, um, I, I I had what I call that that those resources that I think are responsible to the center of the matrix being that learner. And, that, and probably since uh, people don't know what the picture looks like, oftentimes people say it's a lot like a flower. Because there's always a, there's a centerpiece in that flower. That's what we call our learner. But we don't describe that as an individual. A learner is any individual or group of people exploring their environment to gain knowledge. So in this case, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about one child, you're talking about a family, you're talking about a class, you're talking about a community, you're talking about a country. As long as you guide that center to define specifically who they are. Right. And that's one of the things that I do when I mentor with the Matrix. And the five resources became pretty obvious because you just think about your life and how you, you grow into your experiences and knowledge. Obviously, the first are your parents and your family. And your second resource and mentors are your peers. That's the next group you sort of begin to come in contact with. The third group are the educators. The fourth group is community. And the fifth group is the global citizens, being able to use the internet and the resources that are now available to us through technology. Yeah, and I'll add, I know, and each one I just want to add to those listening in on, on, on the podcast, too. We'll have a link in the show notes so you can see this graphic. You can go to the website that she has that, that breaks all this down. So if you're listening in and going, you're nodding your head yes to all these things that she's talking about, how important these are, really check out the graphic. It really kind of gels it all together. And I know when it's always hard to reference a visual on an audio podcast, but just make sure that you really? do check out, out the show notes because it's all in there. And, um, it's, it's, it's really the, the cornerstone for a lot of the things that we're talking about here today. So um, didn't want to cut you off there, but I just want the, the no, listener to realize that there actually is a, a link to help you wrap, wrap your head around what it is that, that we're actually talking about here. That's right. And, you know, maybe we should have said something at the beginning where they could have actually gone to the site and looked at it, but they still can always re-listen. Right, um, right. And, and the thing that's interesting is it really is, is pretty intuitive and simple. But what's the problem is we don't understand and have forgotten that we are all interconnected. Whether you're a parent or a family, you know, you are also a peer to many people. 
And because we defined an educator as any person that has knowledge or skills and the ability to share them, they are an educator. And community members. So, in fact, every one of your listeners probably is a member of or a parent and family, is a peer, is an educator, is a... um, a community member, and community member can be a community member of a church, can be a community member of a club, it can be a community member of a neighborhood, doesn't matter. And I would venture to say most all of them have internet on their phone. Right. So they are global citizens. But in fact, they are also the learner in the center. So if you think about it, you can put yourself in every place of that matrix and understand then that it is the matrix of yourself. Yeah. So, so as, as you talk about this, because I mean, I've had a chance to, to work with you and connect with you now for the last couple of weeks and I just keep, I, I love everything about it. But I think one of the things that, that comes across to, especially for educators is there's lots of theories out there, right? Like there's a book on anything that you could ever think of. Um, but I think what makes this different from, what a lot of things out there are is like you are living and, and, and breathing and doing the work. So it's not that you have this matrix. It's not that you have this, this philosophy of, of, of what it means for us as, as humans, but, but you're doing it and not just you, you have several people around the world doing it. Um, and so could you maybe provide a, an example or a story for, for someone listening in, they've looked at the graphic, they're like, yep, I get it. Like, you know, um, but how in the world, what does this actually look like? And I know that you have, this yeah. could be a 10-hour a, a journey with all the work that you've done. But maybe um, if you can highlight maybe like one of these examples of how this kind of flows in, 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 in some of these examples that you've been doing. Well, I left the country for the very first time in 2015 with a an educated knowledge of uh, places in South America and Africa, India, Nepal, and area, and I and I say that it's somewhat with tongue in cheek because my educated knowledge of what I thought I was going to visit was far from what I actually saw, and um, so I have been spending now three years in countries in Africa, in Uganda, and Kenya. In Cameroon, and uh, now sort of working our way down into Rwanda, Tanzania, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, and Burma. I also have headquarters in India, down in Kerala. Now, if your uh, listeners have been watching about anything that's been happening uh, globally, they might have seen last month that Kerala's um, rainy season was so heavy and so fast that they ended up having to open up 34 of the 37 dams holding the water back. Not opening up one flue, fully opening them all up. And you can imagine what has happened to many of the schools, many of the communities, and many of the people that I work with. Okay, <clears throat> It's been devastating. It's been devastating, and it will take a long time for them, them to come back up. <clears throat> However... 
given the understanding of what they have and are going through, what's fascinating for me is to watch how they are beginning to pull themselves back together again into those communities that we had formed and starting to work together, not only within the communities, but the community to community to help see how they can begin to repair their lives. And, you know, that, that to me really shows, because I'm not even there now, I've been there, I've been there twice, the last time for eight, eight months, but the fact that they now have the understanding and the power to see that in the center that learner is their community and family, and how as family and parents and peers, educators, community members, and using as much as India will allow them to use the global citizens, they're beginning to rebuild themselves. You know, and re-educate to what their environment is now to what it was before this happened. And how do we begin to get the resources to bring the agriculture back, to be able to get our infrastructure and our roads back in place? And will we wait for the government to help us do that? They can't. They have to start moving it forward themselves because the government is basically kind of ignoring that. You know, they've even, government's even turning away money that these people really need for that help. Right. So, you know, that's, that's one example. Another, another example is this, and I certainly hope that uh, at some point the listeners will meet him. His name is Bukaram Joram. I met him in 2015. He has no educational background, but he went and spent a month with me and understood the idea and the concept of the matrix. When I left in 2015, he began going back to uh, the community that I left um, and empowering them to take charge, building a school of their own in an empty field. And they have now got a school where they started with like 40 children. They're now over 100 and some children. It's built by the community. It's run by the community. And, you know, when you talk about the school, is it a, is it a brick building and all that beautiful thing? No, of course it's not. It's built out of logs. It's built out of mud. It has mud floors. But for them, it has empowered that community to t start to take charge of their own knowledge and learning. And I had the opportunity to go back and see them in 2017 for them to share with me what they've done. And and the the... The excitement and the joy of these community members to share with me and others that they have created this and what they're doing was so important because when I asked one of them, why did you take the time to do this? What is the benefit for you? Was that because this now belongs to us and nobody can take it away from us. I love that. Yeah. 
And he's now, he's, he's why the Matrix has been accepted and brought into Uganda through an organization called Yaviko, which is in these other countries, as being a foundational philosophy for um, mentoring the CDCs or the child developmental centers throughout um, Uganda. But the important thing to think about is when you talk about a child developmental center, each center is located in a community. And each community that is being mentored into the organization is being mentored in through the matrix, which means that the community starts first defining who they are and what they want for that CDC. And what are the important pieces that will be necessary for that CDC and thereby for the community to be successful? So it's kind of a, a whole different way of, of thinking. Yeah, yeah. Who's in charge? What's happening? And who is learning for? What's the purpose of learning? Why do we, why do we go to school to gain knowledge? What do we do with that knowledge? Do we just take it and put it on a piece of paper and say, well, there it is, and that's good? I don't believe that's true. I believe that the purpose of learning and knowledge is to be able to do something to make the lives of others better. Okay. Whether it's family or whether it's our peers or whether it's our community. Okay. It doesn't, but, and, and it doesn't matter how old you are to be able to do that and share your knowledge. I love kind of using the, the example of, because so many uh, people that I talk to are parents and have had children, and I, and I ask them, so do you remember when your child first began to walk? Well, then they would go off and they'd start talking about when they, you know, how they walked and how they felt and the excitement and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, so, and then, and, and you finally they were able to really stand up on their own and, and run and do all that. And, you know, they really would talk about it. And so, so afterwards, did you sit down and give them a test to see if they knew how to do it? <laughs> well, we didn't need to. Why didn't you need to? Isn't that a skill? Isn't that knowledge? Isn't that something that you build on as a foundation to move forward? Why didn't you test them? Because we could see they could do it. Well, then why don't we do that with all learning? We do that with all learning. Give them the opportunity, the environment, to be able to use the knowledge. So what was the give back? Did they make their environment any better? by sharing that knowledge of being able to walk? Look at the family and the parents. Didn't they have a huge give back to that group? Of course they did. You know. Yeah. So it's, you know, and, and, and I guess the thing is, is that um, it's so simple. There's nothing complicated about the matrix except maybe the fact that it's a different way of thinking. We don't learn to test. We learn to give back. That's yeah. how big and that's what I And that's what I love about it. And I think for those listening in, I don't know that there's anybody who would argue 
with any of the ideas. And that's what I what I like about this. And, and if you're listening in on this, this is the, the the piece I think is really important for those that have have followed the podcast or the blog for a time. You know, we always try to provide something for you to go back and use, and not just we yes want to give you some food for thought and and maybe kind of have see things differently. But one of the beauties that that we have with this is so what does this mean for you as an educator? And I know for you, Tracy, this is not just about education. This is really a philosophy for living. And and I so I really want to make sure I clarify that. But um, in terms of most of my listeners are educators. What does this mean? And I think one of the things that I'm really excited um, to play a part of with, with you and the work that you're doing is using this matrix um, for good. And how do we tackle those those questions you talked about about learning? And so uh, one of the things that, that you've been so gracious to, to do moving forward beyond this podcast is we'll put a link in the show notes is I have a site up called Making a Difference where we're getting kids and students to do some hands-on learning and, and making and, you know, whether you're a makerspace or STEM or elementary teacher, whatever you teach doesn't matter. Um, and we've got some beginner little activities. But where we're really trying to nudge this is into this idea of, of compassion making or in the matrix, it's, it's, it's the work of giving back. And so one of the things that I think is important for us is, you know, like, and I've had this conversation with you before, Tracy, but the idea, like, I, I can understand what you're saying but visually I can't wrap my head around it. Like I, I, I am, I do live in this filter bubble of the Midwest of the United States and I haven't, yeah. I haven't traveled the world. So when you talk about Uganda and this and that, like I, I can, I can sense it. I can feel it. But what does that look like? And this is the exciting part where you come in is um, you've been nice enough where we're going to create a flip grid and most educators know what that is. And it's going to allow you as an educator or your students to start to ask some questions about the matrix, about things that are happening around the world. And, and Tracy's been amazing enough to respond she's got pictures and video we have there's so much stuff um, that we're looking forward to sharing but we want this to be interactive so this podcast isn't just about yay let's let, let's learn about the world this is actually let's move into agency and, and, and into action um, and so we're going to get these channels going and the bigger thing is and is to get classrooms and students from all over the world connected sharing their learning uh, like, yeah. And that's, that's what we need. Exciting me. I have so many schools who are excited about the opportunity of sharing knowledge and learning from each other. I have a lot of schools that, as you say, you can't imagine, who don't have access yet. Who? Whoops, excuse me. <laughs> it's your own little student right there. <laughs> I just saw somebody drive up and get Park. <laughs> Anyhow, I was hoping they wouldn't show up yet. But uh, so, um, uh, my m- compassion in my and in, in your listeners and my listeners need to know that there are many, many rural, rural villages that I can share pictures of that they would never understand or see, uh, you know, any other way until we could get them to come, of course. But that. These people have the same passion and drive and desire as any one of them, but they don't have the ability. Okay, we've worked with families, we've helped them, and the peers in the communities. Of course, in our book, everybody is an educator, so I don't really care who's listening there. Right, right, right. I understand you are an educator. You have knowledge, you have talents and skills that you can share, whether it's, you know, drawing and painting. All of that is important to the understanding of of other kids who have those interests. And that um, 
and, and I lost where I was going with this. Oh, that they don't have the fifth, and that's the global citizen access. So even though we're creating this make a difference and this wonderful space where we can really start to learn together and share ourselves globally, there are a huge number of schools and centers and people who want to do that who need help reaching that fifth one. Yeah, and I love it. And I hope that this becomes a catalyst to start to build some of those bridges to, to, to go ahead and make that happen. No, I know that, that many, many of the people that I have connections with, and, and there are many places that I haven't physically been that I do mentor. Um, I, I mentor in Algeria. I just have uh, Liberia coming in now, uh, and Egypt is interested. I just uh, got information that it sounds like I'm going to be invited to Russia uh, coming up soon. Um, because of uh, I have done so much work in India, there are political issues between India and Pakistan, and um, uh, so I have a huge following in Pakistan, but I have yet to be able to go over there to Pakistan, but I'm hoping to do that um, within the next six months or so. And really all I do is go over and start to mentor a group. Okay, I get them to understand and define who they are and what they want to do and where they want to go. Their job then is to turn around and give it back to others and mentor their success. So that's why I have what I call that matrix front line where we have somebody in each country that people can go to first and find out more about and ask, how are you using it? What does it do? What does it look like? So that so that people can really get a first-hand knowledge from the people who are doing it rather than from from me. Right, right. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, it's that whole idea of, of spreading That's the agency to get more people empowered to continue to make these, these changes and, and, and impacts in, in the lives of people. And if we can just keep that domino effect, I think, is, is, is so powerful and definitely what is needed. And so um, – you know, Tracy. I know I can't. I can't thank you enough for your time, and I know that that you're you're on you're definitely on a, on a on a tight schedule today. So I just want the listener to know that the links for the Matrix of a Learner is going to be down in the show notes. The Making a Difference Project, where we're going to be launching on October first. Um, so by the time you listen to this, it'll be live. Um, ways to interact, ways to get more immersed, to understand what's happening around the world, and how to get involved. All this stuff is going to be exciting, and, and this is a journey that we're all taking a step in in uh, one foot forward and collectively we can paint this canvas uh in, into a new new artwork and masterpiece because we don't know what it's going to look like but we know it's going to be pretty amazing so um i can't thank you enough for your time um well, and, and connecting and all that good stuff i any think it's questions or anything they want please have them get in touch with me and i'm, I'm looking forward to being able to share uh, my global family uh, with all of you. That's awesome. We can't wait to uh, bring some more uh, members on, on board into the family. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you.